Welcome to Storyboard. I'm Lars. I'm Meg. For the last episode of season one of Storyboard, we're doing a radar roundup, reporting back on some of our previous radar picks. For our season finale, we're attempting to mount the worst pitch we can think of, and we'll leave you with a few final picks to tide you over till season two. Pull up a chair, baby. Well, film friends, we have reached the end of our season one journey. So we are going to take a little summer vacay for ourselves Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe be a little bit less indoor kids, go outside (laughs) potentially, or just watch movies without feeling like we (laughs) have to take notes. So we thought we would close out the season with a little bit of radar cleanup. I don't yeah. know about y'all, but I am really big on completing projects yes. and closing mm-hmm. them out. That's yep. like a big weird quirk in my professional life. So mm-hmm. let's, uh, we're doing a little bit of uh, a roundup yeah. of the little stragglers, all the little coyotes <laughs> hanging around the, the margin. Get a little doughy. <laughs> Sorry. I, don't, I didn't do any Western stores. <laughs> These are, this is not a Western. Uh, no, themed theme. episode. No, no. I, if, she, if she strong arms me into that next season, that'll <laughs> be a mean, real feat. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I got you to do musicals. That's true. And now I feel and like now you, you love you open my heart to yeah. them. So, yeah. but yes, today yes. we are focusing on uh, a few stragglers that maybe we mentioned wanting to watch or rewatch uh, in previous episodes, and we're reporting back. Yes, the scorecard. <laughs> yeah. So it's a real grab bag for me, just same. to warn you. It is a grab bag because anything yep. I definitely will say logically, I discounted anything that I talked about in a later episode. So these are mm-hmm. just things that I feel like I never reported back on. Yeah. So do you want to start us off? All right. So our first one is actually good. Okay. <laughs> um, Afronauts from 2014. I mentioned it in episode 10, I believe. Afronauts is a 14-minute black-and-white narrative short by Francis Bodomo about the real-life Zambian space program. So in the film, a ragtag bunch of dreamers try to beat out the U.S. to the moon just as the U.S. is set to launch into space uh, in July 1969. So I went into the film thinking it would be more like fact-based, but I was pleasantly surprised that it was more of a poetic reimagining of the events, um, a sort of cosmic be kind rewind, oh. if you will. <laughs> it was a breath of fresh air, marvelously shot, and I cannot wait to see more from this director. Mm. And it is available for free on Vimeo. So I was very excited about that. That's right. I remember so, you texting yes. me. like I was like, it's right. <gasps> <laughs> and I've said it before, uh, but watch the trailer as well. It stands alone. It's just this minute of yeah. pure beauty. Honestly, I don't know what it is about that trailer. I love it. I know. I love the trailer so much that I, I actually, I haven't watched the movie yet. I know. I'm like, oh, like, is that going to, not like, ruin it, but just yeah, yeah. like, is mm-hmm. it just so perfect as a trailer? Mm-hmm. You feel a little apprehensive about. Yeah. It's weird to think of a trailer as a companion piece to a film or a short but, but it, it really works that way yeah it's I love like them a both cohesive art piece mm-hmm. on its own definitely um okay how about you what do you well, got well i think i kind of went 
I might order that I have for myself mentally is worst to best. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of did, uh, did a shit note. sandwich, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Just slipping a little crap. Yep. Uh, mm. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. With yep. some honey and <laughs> <She's> <laughs> covering it. I don't know. I don't okay, know. go. <laughs> go. <laughs> My first one is Light Sleeper, which I Ooh. mentioned, I think, episode four or five. It's a Paul Schrader movie. From 1992, uh, Willem Dafoe, Susan Sarandon. Mm. There are also appearances by a little baby Sam Rockwell Ooh. and a baby David Spade, as okay. well as Jane Addams. <laughs> okay. um, I think I mentioned before, I'm like, I don't know what to feel about Paul Schrader's films because yeah. I basically had kind of written him off as like, oh, he like mostly does, sorry, trash kind of stuff in the last... Oh, yeah, definitely in the last... In the last, like, 30 years. (laughs) years. And I would include the 90s in that. um, But then I loved First Reformed so much. So I was... That... Watching First Reformed kind of made me think, like, what am I missing? And I thought, okay, Light Sleeper. Like, I love Willem Dafoe. Mm -hmm. Basically, Willem Dafoe is, uh, like, a gopher for a drug dealer played by Susan Sarandon. She's going to get out of the biz and go into cosmetics. And he's going to clean up and get out of the biz, too. He has that dark kind of past. It's just a very, um, it's like a gritty, depressing version of King of New York, that mm-hmm. Ferrara movie that I mentioned um, a few episodes ago. And it's just like, it looks great, I have mm. to say, because it's yep. 90s New York. That's definitely my scene. Susan yeah. Sarandon looks incredible. She's got like a monochrome situation yeah. going on with like a French twist look. Yes. I mean, just like you think about like a a drug dealer trying to make it straight and go into cosmetics. I actually feel like it's a missed opportunity in like so Paul Schrader that she is not the main character. That is the yeah, she's that's what I the see. story. Yeah, and instead it's just Willem Dafoe and his hang up over his ex girlfriend and all of her family Ooh. drama and just it's just not yeah. good. It's just not good. It's yeah. just kind of a Aww. bummer. Um, it got it was well received, well reviewed, but yeah. I am just not interested in these sad, addicted man stories. So it never I am yeah. it's just not my vibe. Yeah. And if you're thinking <laughs> I'm implying there's like a good time vibe, there is not. It oh. is not <laughs> that level of depth. It's pretty yeah. much just there is one part that I enjoy where he is looking, you know, he's on his mattress on the floor in his little apartment and he's looking over this photo album of him and his ex-girlfriend and it's in one of those mom style photo albums where each photo is like a little sleeve Aww. and he's like paging through and I'm like this dude doesn't even have it together to have like a full you know, silverware or oh, <laughs> oh okay I see where you're going okay, no, okay. see I was I was going at the angle oh, of you, you can't even afford a full scrapbook come on no, it's like a okay. full sleeve okay, photo okay. album that's weirder to me that's weirder than, than like loose photos he's living in you a, have a bed frame yeah he's in got, a bed yeah. It basically, but then he's <laughs> yeah. got like a he's put together a photograph okay, okay. album. I find that odd, but this tr- the real story is Susan Sarandon mm-hmm. trying to make her weird. I mean, ooh, I don't think that the actress Susan Sarandon would appreciate her character. Says a lot of things that are not nope. good, uh, even though she's a lady she's, trying to make it. Okay, I was gonna say um, she's pretty nuts too. So I don't she know. Is, she is, but it's like. She says a lot of weird racist oh, things. Okay. Uh, just casually, and mm. at the time, I think yeah. it was whatever, but um, I don't... She probably doesn't look on, on it too fondly. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, um, my second one is a real wild ride. <laughs> uh, sketch artist from 1992. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I mentioned this in episode 13. 
we're really doing greatest hits mm. <laughs> retrospective. <laughs> um, this movie was directed by Faden Papa Michael, or maybe Faden Papa Michael, um, who's best known as a cinematographer. So he worked on films as varied as Poison Ivy, While You Were Sleeping, Biodome. Oh, hell <laughs> yeah. Safety yeah. Dance. And, and Nebraska, which is like oh, a legit movie. Pretty okay. serious. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, so that's that was interesting to find out. So a uh, good cinematographer, not a great director. Didn't Ooh. make many films. So in the film, Jeff Fahey is a police sketch artist who all other detectives treat like shit for some reason. That is... But not known why yeah, that would unknown be. reason. Fahey is married to Sean Young. Um, who has the perfect default early 90s lady job of interior designer. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Drew Barrymore, who um, I can assume that maybe she signed on for this think- thankless role to pay off like her coke dealer or something. I don't know. Um, is the only witness to a murder. She describes the killer to Fahey. And he realizes the sketch he's drawing is the spitting image of his wife. What? what? Um, he spends the rest of the film uh, basically just trying to unravel the mystery. And it's boring and dumb, and it's not a good script. Anyway, but um, I love the the premise, obviously. Um, just like all my picks uh, from our last episode, yeah, again, strong concept. Sounds like a blast, but it's just a dud. It felt like a mm. spec script for Silk Stockings. <gasps> oh, damn. Yeah. It did, and it looked like it, too, um, visually. So it's worth noting there were boobs in the opening credits. But unfortunately, <laughs> those boobs were writing a check the rest of the film couldn't cash. Uh, that's all weird. But you know what I mean? Like, I was like, ooh, it's going to be no sexy. sexy. At least steamy, but it yeah. wasn't steamy. Whose boobs were they? Is that a Well, spoiler? I'm trying to think. I don't want to spoil it because it has to do with the murder. So, oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'm sure it was a body double, though, uh, for, well, you can probably figure it out. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's begging for a sexy, smart remake. I'm not sure if police sketch artistry is still a thing technically um like pen to paper you know like based on local (laughs) captions of local news like screen grabs of local news or it's like this is Mm. a computer generated (laughs) uh yeah so maybe we could set in the past or whatever yeah but again i wouldn't i would not remake the entire plot maybe just like plop the the first act mm. at the at the beginning of like if you're like you have a, a sexy thriller and you're like I need a great opener or yeah. something to kind of get it going, I'd say start with this. Okay. So that's its best hope for for <laughs> so a remake. Just sell it for parts. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for scrap. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so my next pick is one I talked about in episode fifteen, sixteen, which is about girl friendships. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about, but just couldn't get a hold of in time. Uh, One Sings, The Other Doesn't, Mm. 1977 movie by Agnes Varda. I love her, and this movie is (laughs) tough for me a bit. So it centers on Valerie Mares and Therese Leotard. That is her name. I'm just saying. Leotard, Leotard is oh, her last name. It, I'm not of. pronouncing it correctly. It's a French. I hope she's a dancer. But they, I, she, she better be a dancer. Better be. Not in this movie, but maybe mm. in real life. One sings um, the other dances. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that may be a little more fun. So they play Pauline or Pum, who is a singer, and Suzanne, who is a young mother who's unable to support yet another child. She's already got two little kids, even oh, though boy. she's in her early 20s. And basically, they become friends 
By happenstance, when uh, Pum helps Suzanne obtain an abortion because she just cannot afford an extra child. Like, it's just not happening. She has this, like, shitty boyfriend partner who just... (sighs) These artistic men and their (laughs) photography studios and just, like, yeah. There's just a lot of... um, It's a great representation of, I think, a realistic representation of the average woman who gets an abortion. It's like a woman who already has children is actually more Mm -hmm. common than just some, like, young, wild, and free (laughs) floozy as in the imaginations of Louisiana senators. Um, And uh, I didn't know it was a musical, but there are a lot of Uh musical interludes, (laughs) and it takes place... And so it starts in the early 60s when abortion is still legal in France. And then it follows them through different points in their friendship. So there are some really moving parts where it's just like these women losing touch, getting in touch again over the course of their love lives and hardships in life and raising kids and all that stuff. So I think its its premise is beautiful. Uh, Varda was obviously super active in reproductive rights activism. She was one of the signers of the manifesto of the 343, which were um, 343 women from all walks of life. There were a lot of prominent women who signed this who basically were like, whether or not it was technically true, they were like, I had an abortion and abortion mm-hmm. needs to be legal at a time mm-hmm. when abortion was illegal in France in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. So she made this as kind of her, it really probably was one of the first realistic and humane and like totally normal abortion stories. It's mm-hmm. just, there's a lot of like hippie-ish musical things yeah. and people traveling around and yeah. playing ukulele and stuff. But I'm like, well, this <laughs> yeah. feels, this is a, a bit a bit much for me. Yeah, you gotta yeah, yeah. turn that one off. Tambourines and bandwagons oh, yeah, and like and just uh, like people on stilts or whatever. It the is fuck really very know. like, ooh, we're French and we're a troop and we're ooh, just Harley Quinn and I don't yeah, know, just puffy little, shirts. And, yeah, and and it's you know set in like 60s, 70s, yeah. so uh, indulgent. It, I know. Yeah, you, yeah. It's just it just it lacks the the premise has the punch of her other films. It lacks the um, emotional complexity and depth maybe of some of her later movies. Mm-hmm. Still fun. You got to be into some hippie dippy yeah. musicals to hey. really enjoy it. Like, I appreciate some that it pissed. <laughs> yeah. I definitely know a lot of people who would love this movie if they don't already. So mm-hmm. it just wasn't necessarily my, t- yeah. <laughs> my, my taste. Yeah. Yeah. It was no cabaret. Okay. <laughs> So my last one is Kien to Cantara, 2018, uh, written and directed by Carlos Vermut. I mentioned it in episode seven. It's a Spanish film. The title translates to Who Will Sing to You. So Lila is a 90s pop star who has been in retirement for the last decade under mysterious circumstances. And a few days before she is set to announce her comeback tour, she has a an accident in the ocean uh, and gets amnesia. Um, She no longer remembers anything about herself, her fame, her music. And so her manager finds Leela's biggest fan, a 40-something bartender (laughs) working at a karaoke bar nearby. (laughs) And uh, it's probably my future. Um, And hires uh, her. (laughs) You okay there? (laughs) Um, And so she hires this woman whose name is Violetta to teach Leela how to be Leela again. Mm. So it's a mixture between Bergman's persona and the classic Mark Wahlberg shit show known as Rockstar. (laughs) 
Uh, if it were directed by um, Almodovar, um, maybe while he was like getting over a cold or something. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just that classic persona meets rock star mood piece. Yeah. You know, it's about fame, obsession, fantasy, and identity, which, I mean, those are all buzzwords for me. So the screenplay was apparently inspired by real-life Japanese pop star Naomi Chiaki, who stopped singing and even appearing in public after oh. her husband's death in 1992. So I'm going to be Googling that later because yeah. I don't know her career. So uh, I'm intrigued. So the film had great art direction and costumes uh, and, and, and hairdos. And you know I love uh, any movie where there's a karaoke component. So oh, yeah. Personal fave. The script was a bit underbaked. But I think it was saved by the the third act revelation, um, which I will stay mum yeah. about. I'm being a, maybe I'm being a little hard on it because it was so close to being exactly the kind of like wild films that we create yeah. in, our, in our pitch sessions. So I think I just wanted it to be like a little more outrageous. Yeah, maybe kind of a De Palma, Peter oh, Strickland okay. kind of thing. Um, but it's gorgeous. Definitely worth a watch. And I'd love for you to watch it so I can get your your ideas about theories. Ooh. I want to talk theories. Ooh. <laughs> so it's available. I'm intrigued. It's available on Netflix. So oh, okay. I know. I was really surprised. I'm you excited. know, we've been talking about this, but the, all these streaming sites really suppress the things that you may enjoy. Yeah, you exactly. You can't trust can't trust the browse. Yeah, so it's weird that sure. they, we are at a point where they have to be like third-party sites that tell you, here's yes. what's available on Hulu or Netflix. <laughs> That's like, very they weird. They will never tell you. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It's just, it's just buried under a shit show of bloodline or whatever the fuck they're trying to get know. you to watch. I don't know. Like wavered pines or yeah, like... Yeah, things I'm like, is this a show? Because I've never heard someone mention it even once <laughs> online or in person. No one has even... They just whisper the penny, show. The penny dreadfuls of the yeah, world. Exactly. You're like, I guess it's a show? I guess people watch it because they keep renewing it. They um, keep coming back every year. Never, Maybe it's somebody's daughter or son that runs it. I don't know. Never met a person that's watched any of those shows. Exactly. Mm. Oh, boy. Well, uh, I saved the best for last for me. Mm. Personally, mm. I don't... I can't necessarily speak to objective quality. It is very up my alley. So... It is the 2012 film Rent-A-Neko, or Rent-A-Cat, directed by Ooh. Naoko Ogigami. She directed Kemome Diner, which I talked about in episode... Hmm. Like 12 or 13, it's our food oh, episode. The food episode. Yeah. yeah, so I loved Kumame Diner. I just thought it was so charming. It was about a Japanese woman who moves to Finland and starts this diner, blah, blah, blah. So lovely, and I... Found out she had made a movie about a lady with a cat rental business, and I was That's like, "Magic! <laughs> it is magic. That's gorgeous." It almost I love sounds, it. if it were European or, or if it were like British or American, I'd be like, Ugh, "This is gonna be twee, but I'll watch it." <laughs> yeah. But I think that sort of more sentimental Japanese movies still have a little more contemplation and ambiguity. Like it's not quite so saccharine. It doesn't go mm-hmm. full Hallmark. Yeah. We're not in a Candace Cameron Beret situation. <laughs> Uh, so in Rentaneko, uh, Mikako Ichikawa stars as Sayoko. She is the single lady and I would say cat whisperer. She, <laughs> she draws cats to her. That, mm, that much is clear. Piper. Since she was a child, cats have just been drawn to her. Um, they were also drawn to her deceased grandmother, who she is still in mourning for. 
So Sayoko just has a lot of really cute cats. Like if you're a cat person, this is a movie for you. They're just like hanging around, and she's a very tr- more traditional Japanese house with this gorgeous garden, and these cats are just chilling. They're in mm-hmm. baskets. They're like hanging out by the altar, <laughs> hanging out in the garden, living it up. And she pretty much has, I would say, a side hustle, but it's basically a nonprofit business <laughs> where she rents out cats to lonely people. So she cruises around this park every day with this little wagon full of cats with like a little sunshade <laughs> shouting out that she has cats for rent. If you're lonely, <laughs> she can rent a cat to you. So the movie is sort of organized with kind of four vignettes of different people she interacts with who... She kind of picks out as needing a cat. This is all sounding so, like, special and magical, but it's just very low-key. Like, it's very understated. Like, I she was kind of thinking I wanted a series of this, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, um, yeah, it's just really interesting. Uh, so, you know, it's very touching. It's just, like, she can sense someone's lonely, and it's like, maybe this is a little cat for mm-hmm. you. Uh, and it just kind of is punctuated by her own loneliness because she, you know, is single. Her grandmother passed away. She has all these sort of maxims she's written for herself that she posts up on her walls. They're like, you're going to get married this year and then you're going to go on honeymoon to Hawaii. But, you know, even though she tells people that a cat is a great cure for loneliness, like she's quite lonely herself. Mm-hmm. Um Something I really appreciated, aside from all these cute fat face kitties that are hanging out in every scene, <laughs> is that... Her own storyline is left a little um, unresolved. It's not like it's just some neat little bow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think, is kind of this, even though I think it probably falls into a genre of um, like a sentimental kind of film, it, it is kind of pointing to this loneliness and atomization people feel now because even you know she's in this beautiful little traditional house with her garden and in the background there's all these skyscrapers and all these people are just feeling very um isolated so her bringing these like adorable little kitties into their lives is very pleasurable there's kind of a weird dynamic with a neighbor that i don't love that i was like is this transphobic I don't know. So just like a content warning wise, Mm -hmm. I just think it's played in this way. Like it's not terrible, but there are some cultural things. (laughs) Japan doesn't have like a great, great situation with um, trans people. So Mm. there is an aspect that I'm like, it's played for laughs in a way that I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for. But it's, yeah, it's worth a watch. It is on YouTube in Japanese with Spanish subtitles. So, <laughs> like, I think that if you're if you're fluent, super mm-hmm. easy to watch. Didn't yeah. even notice. If you're, like, conversational in Spanish, it's not like the dialogue is that wild that you wouldn't be able to understand it. Mm-hmm. It's around elsewhere. But if you just want something that's, like, you can find on your Roku or whatever, it yeah. is on YouTube yeah. that way. It sounds kind of like high maintenance, but with cats instead of kind weed. Of, and I'm yeah, into it. Yeah, a little it. bit. Yeah, a <laughs> That's little why I'm bit. Like, I need a series. Yeah, exactly. and like each vignette is like a lonely person. You and, could definitely yeah. make it a series. Yeah. Actually, it might even be even better as a series. Yeah. Because then you could kind of have her progression over the series, but yeah. then each episode is like this little person. It's a cat. And a new kitty. Yeah. <laughs> which is what all time. the cat fans yeah. want. <laughs> All right, now it's time to create the pitch from hell, I guess. Um, So normally, 
Um, what we do is we each bring two elements, an actor and like a movie trope or something, and unbeknownst to each other, and we'll come together and we'll try to like pitch something on the fly. And usually we try to make it the best it can be. It's something we'd actually want to watch. But for our season finale, we thought it'd be fun to do another shitty pitch. <laughs> so we're both bringing things that annoy us and we hate and make us automatically, I don't know, hit the snooze? I mean, just unsubscribe. like unsubscribe, basically, from a movie. So, um, and normally I kind of come up with like a fun title I found along the way. So I do have one of those, but I also have like... A, another title that, like a for real one that annoys me. So oh. I'll start with like, I just had to throw this in there. Mm-hmm. So I watched Sketch Artist. That was one of my picks, right? So Sketch Artist had a sequel, um, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Sketch Artist 2, colon, Hands That See. What? Hands That See. Okay, like, all I'm what? picturing is just hands like two hands with, with like, like eyeballs, like Pan's Labyrinth style them. or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. It's from 1995. I haven't seen it, Is but I just... on Tubi a Bachan? Probably. <laughs> or you, YouTube or something. YouTube-y. So, okay. For real, though, a title that I hate is when something's called... It's like two words, and the first word's like American. So it's like American hustle. American oh, yeah. justice. American gangster. Whatever. Yeah. I hate that. So I feel like that's a good starting oh, point. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, but you're doing I the am. main... Main actors, main theme. So, and I think got? this works because I would say I have a real loose shell here because <laughs> one of my least favorite genres is the World War II hero film. Mm, so yeah. that is my overall theme. It needs to be set World War II, some kind of heroic, some kind of really bad America is good mm-hmm. uh, yep. narrative. Okay, like pretty much all of British and American cinema is just kind of that like. I don't know. Like, there's going to be some terrible love story, but who cares? Home fronty kind there's gonna of There's going to be, vibe. um, you got to pull, like, a woman's picture out of his, like, breast yeah. pocket, you know? It's just one of those. And so my actor, um, I pulled from the same a social class <laughs> as I did in our last shit pitch. Yeah. Uh, my last, so last time we did a pitch from hell, I picked Army Hammer, who they just keep forcing upon us. <laughs> this time, I picked... Another child of the elite, Rooney Mara. I just oh, cannot yeah. do. Fuck. She can't her act. Family. Her, her, she has. Yeah, her family are one of the owners of. I'm trying to think. It was the Giants. Eagles. Giants. Those Giants. Maybe? Yeah, Giants. I only know this from James, so if it's wrong. Yeah, it's. I'm sorry. It's a real husband partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sticking second point. hand info. <laughs> totally. Um, I don't know. She just is like I have cheekbones and I'm rich. I've been forced upon you by many publicists, but mm-hmm. she's not good per se. Mm-hmm. And I just imagine her attempting the like home front World War II vibe. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Okay, it just makes well, me happy. We might have to <laughs> to figure out. I had a couple. I had so many like bad actors. I didn't even okay, realize it. Yeah. So I'm kind of like I'm gonna go for my first one though. If we got some. If we need more of a lead, we can. Yeah. But James Corden. I mean, oh, he's gross. he's a little sweetie. Oh, no. He's a little. He seems so is nice. He? Is he though? I don't know. But like, look at—he's chilling that damn. Um, <gasps> what's the what are those damn things called that all the moms have? Not my mom. <laughs> she is my mom is far too eco friendly. Like not for this. cats. Not the cats. Movie. No, he's um. Oh my god, is he in that? Yes. 
<laughs> Which that will be a <laughs> that's basically that's a like, mini so that will never air of us talking hell. about the <laughs> come to life. Yeah, like I can imagine you saying, yeah. "I want a film make of a film yeah. remake of Cats, Cats," and then we just name. We're like, we're just oh, like, oh, how about this person? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, he those paws, the K cups or whatever. Keurig. He d- he shills oh. Keurig. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I just I, I think like he's Keurig a bad person. <laughs> Sorry, I was like K cups. It was Corden. Period cup infomercial. Yeah. <laughs> he would make it so jaunty. Ew, uh, that's so ew, disgusting. He does sick. these K beauty commercials too. That I've FK seen that. And I'm like. Yeah. Why is he the spokes? I haven't listened because it's an automatic mute. Like yeah, as soon yeah, as I yeah. see one of those, but I'm like, why is he the spokesperson? Oh, it's... I don't. That's it can't be for men, but but eh, <laughs> all right, weird, unclear. Yeah. yeah, but I do. I can picture him. Like it's him trying to break into like a like a a dramedy Wait, about World like, War Two. Maybe it's like the USO USO, USO tour. That's what a it USO is. Tour. Okay, they're seeing, but they're seeing, they're caught in some shit. Yeah, oh shit, in like the second act or something. For they're caught sure. in it, and they're like under fire or something. whatever happens, and then they have yeah. to do some kind of heroics. They're like, we're like getting the Nazis or yeah, something, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you're like, this would never happen in a million years and you wouldn't think that Rooney Mara would like she you know like that's an unlikely you know romantic pairing but maybe yeah. like Ew, he's gonna make the romance maybe they are because we have to hate this is the I deal know, I that's know that's a good point we I know. have to feel sick Last about time it we made it too good we made it so too good it has we made to be one good of those times things. basically and yeah. yeah so okay well and before we forget my trope well, I don't know if this will play into this. We'll see. Um, people coming into money clandestinely and spending it lavishly Ooh, and foolishly. Interesting. I mean, you would so think maybe they, they find some Nazi gold or something, and then they spend, <laughs> and then they, on, s- they spend it on furs and at the, di- in the French Riviera. They're like at the casinos. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying to think of how that would work within this. I don't. I don't really know. know. It would have to be discovered Nazi money maybe there's like a book uh what's the bookend kind of thing to the story and so they kind of go back like we we wait is that the miracle of santa anna isn't that like a spike lee movie or something where they well anyways maybe or um the truth about charlie or charade or one of those anyways but that could be part of it they just they they buried that nazi gold and then they feel really shitty about it but not too shitty that is like yeah yeah yeah. sorry spoilies but i mean um, come on for a 50 five-year-old movie or whatever (laughs) or how do you feel about in lost in america when julie haggerty like goes nuts and spends the nest egg i don't think that's a spoiler that actually really bugs me Okay. See, I mean, I like I like Lost America, and I like I like I like that movie. But if that you hate that. Oh, if you want me to hate a character, just have, have them. them. If, I, if you want me to think they're dumb and reckless, yeah, and it's not relatable, yeah. right? The gambling impulse is not relatable to me. No, and I don't hide like, it under your bed or whatever. I, like spend it like in small sums. Yeah. just a little. That's a great point. You know? It's like, sorry. Who, <laughs> no. Why is it such a trope? I hate it. Oh, it makes me insane. I Sorry, I guess I'm really frugal and I didn't realize it. Well, no, you know, I I feel the same way where I'm just like, this isn't, it feels just so pointless. And I also yeah. feel, it doesn't feel realistic. I do know people have that I adrenaline guess. thing, I guess, but it's not relatable to me. No. No. I would be so smart. If I, I like, came into some money. That's because we're much more used to being broke. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I would like, I'd just spend it on beans. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the Mickey Mouse cartoon in the 30s. Can you open up your closet and it's just, oh my God, are you Ted Cruz? It's just a rice-a-roni. I don't know. You're like, this is a good investment. 
This I'm is spoil. I'm a Mormon. It's years worth of food. I'm good. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I don't know how that works in a Nazi I'm, stuff. But there's Nazi gold. There's Nazi Maybe. gold, and I feel like I can see them going. Like I said, the French Riviera. I can see they're trying. They go to Monaco or something, and they're trying mm-hmm. to spend a lot really quickly maybe yeah. or they mm-hmm. you know it's in their trunk is people it's in so. their trunk of like all their costumes <gasps> or whatever it's mixed up on the train there's or a something. okay see now I'm, again we're making it we're too making good because i was like I, I was just like oh i want it to be like she has some sort of crown or tiara and she puts oh, the jewel like it's yeah. fake but it really it's see, see that's we're good we're making it too Damn good it. No, I want to watch that. We need that. to make it. Well, the romance between <laughs> those two is enough to make me be yeah. like, this is a who a real fantasy script. But He's like, <laughs> I produced it. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So we um, got it. We got it's World yeah, War II. Rooney Mara and USO. James Corden, USO, 1940s yeah. tour in Europe. I mean, it sounds like a mess. Spending money. <laughs> nothing else. Profligate spending yeah. and... Yep. I don't want to see this. I definitely don't want to see it. We we pulled ourselves in before we Ooh. made it watchable, which yeah. I think... Yeah, thank God. That shows growth. That's yes. growth. Yeah. So coming to a nightmare near you, um, American... Oh, God, what's it called? American... American show. American production. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, something with war. American I... tour. American stage. American diamonds. Um, American... Ooh, American Diamonds. American Diamonds. Hey, now. Let's... Oh, <laughs> I'm into too that. good. Uh-oh. Maybe too good, <laughs> but I like it. American Diamonds. So time for our final radar of season one. So this is where we talk about what we want to watch or what we've been watching or what to avoid. So I tried to leave it with a little more positive, like here's what I want to watch because there's plenty negative in the main bit. So in episode 11, I mentioned that I wanted to watch the British series Fingersmith, which was later reimagined as The Handmaiden. So both of those works are based on a book called Fingersmith by Welsh author Sarah Waters, and I just received the ebook from the library. Oh yeah! And I, so I don't really have anything to report. There's no extra information. I'm I just thought it was important somehow to tell everyone that I'm about to read that book, <laughs> and that's that's all of that. <laughs> um, so, but I, I can't wait to see. Like in my mind, I only know The Handmaiden, so I'm I'm interested to see it in this completely different, very British proper yeah. setting. Another thing is, is Designing Women will be on Hulu in just a few weeks. Oh my god! So I, I am, can't wait. I cannot wait. Oh Ooh. shit! Yes. So that's it. That's all. Everyone should just watch that. <laughs> uh, the end. And uh, Carlos Vermut, the uh, director of Quien de Cantara, also wrote and directed a thriller from 2014 called Magical Girl, whose synopsis is. The father of a terminally ill girl is determined to grant his daughter's last wish a ridiculously expensive collector's costume from a Japanese TV series. Mm. The request will lead him on a journey within his city's dark underbelly. Oh. And it had a really good rating on Mubi, so I'm excited about seeing that. Yeah. So, some thrills there. That is some thrills. Yeah. How about you? So I did a little cinema going 
this past Ooh, week. Fancy. <laughs> well, I don't know. I yeah. haven't been going Leave out. The house? I know. You think well, you're better than me? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Leaving the house. No shut-ins here. I left our <laughs> 10 block radius. Yeah. Uh, I just haven't, nothing has really gotten me out of the house to see films for quite a while, frankly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a low, low season of it's films. It's summer, I mean. Yeah. yeah, it's been for like a pretty low year for me since mm-hmm. at least December. Um, but I saw The Farewell, the Lulu Wang movie. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really gorgeous. I thought it did a really great job of um, being like a truly bicultural, bilingual film, which mm-hmm. I appreciate and I think it was very subtle and gorgeous and dealt with family dynamics. And um, I'm a real sucker for grandmas. So it was a great, <laughs> charming grandma movie that was not overdone, not schmaltzy. It's like a movie you could take your mom to, but actually you would enjoy. Mm-hmm. So there's very few of those. No, yeah, definitely for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I feel like parents can relate to that mm-hmm. sort of intergenerational thing. I also watched The Amazing Catfish from 2013, directed by Claudia Sanluz. Uh, it's actually a Mexican film. I saw it at Fifth Avenue Cinema, which Ooh, is the Portland State University yeah. student-run cinema. Mm. Sometimes you, f- I forget about it. I'm an alum, so I get in for free. But otherwise, oh, it is like $5. Yeah. And, you know, the students curate it. They've got a lot of great picks. And this often this... The film programmers will speak before the movie, which is really awesome. You know, they give a little context. And they've got some great gems that, you know, you may not see on the big screen. So Amazing Catfish is about a girl who is quite alone in the world. She kind of gets unofficially adopted into this family um, headed by a matriarch who is... Uh, losing her bite to a terminal illness so she kind of steps into this like older sister role with them and it's just very low-key very lovely and a very uh beautiful exploration of chosen family a great piece of mexican film like it's you know just quiet and sweet and again i guess families are sort of the theme for me (laughs) with my radar (laughs) and looking forward to or it's on my radar. It's coming up. I am looking forward to Parasite, which is the Bong Joon-ho film Ooh. that's coming up. Mm. I haven't liked any of his previous movies. <laughs> well, the host is okay, but like Snowpiercer, I think I've established hey. in previous episodes, yeah. I fucking hated. <laughs> but the Parasite <laughs> looks really good, so I'm giving it another chance. Yeah. I'm not a total close-minded. Well, like host, Parasite. Yuck. I mean, you know. I know. I love it. Is I love that. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe. Coming to Tubi. No, just <laughs> oh, kidding. No. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. I don't think it'll be out before the next season, so maybe mm. TBD yeah. on that. Also, watched Cabaret because I we... watched it last night. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you watch Fosse yeah. Verdon and you're like, I, I have to watch, his... watch it again. Yeah. And his whole catalog. like Yeah. yeah. Um, Futurity, everything. Yeah, everything. So holds up, you know, yeah. but I appreciate it in a new light now. And I love how dark it is. Mm-hmm, it's definitely. so prescient and mm-hmm. gorgeous and um, worth watching nowadays. And I think the music is actually legitimately good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. FYI, I didn't know this until I was searching for it. It's on Netflix. Yep. Netflix Same doesn't here. want you to know hey, that man. they have it. <laughs> We're <laughs> telling you the truth. <laughs> I don't know. We are. Yeah, you know. can watch Cabaret on Netflix. Yeah. Keep it all that shit. Oh, and... I think I mentioned Tales of the City in a previous episode, but both the first season mm-hmm. and the most recent season yeah. are on there. So, yeah, Talking there's a lot stuff. of... There's Netflix. 
has shit. They just want you to watch the other crap. Yep. True. <laughs> shit and crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Uh, as we mentioned, this was the end of our first season. But you can stay subscribed and keep up with us on our social profiles. So Instagram <laughs> at Storyboard Podcast, Twitter at Storyboard underscore pod. You can email us if you have Ooh. things you want us to cover in season two. Yeah. Send us a lot. Drop us a line. Give us those ideas. Give us those ideas. Yeah. We're open to whatever. <laughs> I mean, we'll yeah. be back with... It'll be same old us, but yeah. <laughs> we're open to new concepts, yep. suggestions. And, you know, we'll be back real soon. It's a brand new crop of <laughs> finds delights. <laughs> to beguile you yeah uh till till next time i love that's like one of mine and james like (laughs) jokes is like we have a we have a bit where it's like an old woman and like she's like where's caftans and she's like diamonds (laughs) sorry it's yeah, that's why you don't tell people about your couple jokes, because it makes no sense and it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs>